0: The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the latest edition of the Health and Fitness Show. I am your host Suleiman Rafiq and today's show is all around sugar and sugar addiction. Today's show has been pre-recorded so you can sit back, relax and enjoy the latest educating edition of the Health and Fitness Show. Recent research has shown that on average we are having double the recommended levels of sugar and record numbers of children are having teeth removed due to tooth decay and we know in Luton that is a particular issue. Now some say that sugar is evil and some say it is necessary for energy so let's now separate fact from fiction and speak to a nutritionist at Action on Sugar Holly Gabriel. Holly thank you very much for joining us.
1: You're welcome.
0: Uh, Could you just introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your organisation?
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh, as you said, I'm a nutritionist. I work for Action on Sugar. And we're a campaigning charity. So what we try and do is work with government and industry to improve the food environment that we live in, to make it easier for us to live a healthy life and make that easy for us in a positive way. Um, So one of the main things that we work on is to try and encourage industry and manufacturers to reformulate the products that they sell to us to make them healthier for us. So bringing the sugar down, the salt down, the fat down, things like that. And also working on areas like trying to get labelling better and uh, restrictions on promotions of unhealthy foods um, and that kind of thing.
0: Fantastic. Now, sugar is quite a complex topic. And as I said in the intro, there's kind of lots of myths and, and, and facts around what what sugar actually is and natural sugars, etc. Can you just very simply kind of just take us through what what we mean when we talk about sugar?
1: Yeah, so it is really complicated and it can get very confusing. So it, the, the most simplest way of looking at it is that there's sort of Two main types that you got to think about in your diet. So we've got the sugars, the natural sugars that are contained within food, so within fruit and vegetables and milk and other foods, because ultimately all the foods are converted into sugar in the body. So we, you know, that's how we get our energy. So those that that type of sugar. And there's also um, what we call free sugars, which are the sugars that we need to try and limit in our diet. And they they've been removed from their natural sources. So you're talking about sort of table sugars that come from you know sugar beets and things like that and also fruit sugars and syrups and honeys and all that kind of thing and things that have been added to food and those are the ones that we're having too much of and those are the ones that we need to try and limit as much as possible
0: sure and can can you just take us through in relation to what are the benefits of having less sugar um both free and as you said natural
1: um i think well it's Limiting the amount of, uh, reducing the amount of free sugars that you have a diet, as you mentioned earlier, tooth decay ke- is a mm. really big problem and sugar is really not very good for our teeth at all. That's where the strongest evidence is around limiting sugar um, and it's a huge problem, as you say as well, with, ch- with children having teeth extracted. So it's definitely going to be have massive benefits with regards to your dental health. It also increases the amount of calories that we're consuming which can lead to weight gain which can lead to a number of different health conditions such as type 2 diabetes and some cancers um, but it's also very it's very easy to overconsume sugar especially with sugary drinks and sugary drinks specifically have been linked to an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes
0: sure and so sugary drinks often we think of um you know fizzy drinks uh kind of common fizzy drinks is that is that what you you your research has shown that people are drinking too much of those or is it other drinks or what what kind of drinks are these sugars found in
1: well definitely um fizzy soft drinks and energy drinks
0: energy children, drinks that's,
1: yeah yeah that's a really um i mean for not just the sugar but the caffeine as well and that's an mm. area that we're campaigning on to try and uh, ban the sales of those to children because they're just not suitable for those that are are younger um, and when you say
0: children also, what are you looking at there in relation to um, what are you campaigning for is it under 18s or under 16s yeah, um, under
1: 18
0: under yeah. 18 yeah because you see yeah. so many children like young people now you know college kids and stuff with these energy drinks seems to be a growing problem
2: yeah
1: definitely and with younger children as well um and it seems mm. to be quite a trendy thing to have um, there's a lot of evidence to say that they they really affect children's um, uh, concentration in in class.
0: In a, a bad lot... way or a good way? Because that's p- p- <laughs> part of the purpose is they're, they're they're making you more. They kind of sell it that they're making you more alert. So can you just break that down um, for us?
1: <laughs> yeah, probably um, probably in a, in a negative way in the sense of making um, you know unstable energy levels, right? Highs unstable. and lows.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: kind of um, can make you irritable and. Um, mm. And often they're being consumed instead of, you know, instead of food, especially in the morning. Mm. Um, and you know, high levels of caffeine are just not good for us.
2: Sure, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, with regards to drinks, yeah. Um, so yeah, fizzy drinks, energy drinks, but also you need to be careful about consuming too much um, fruit juice and juice-based drinks, and also mm. milk-based drinks, so milkshakes. And that's an area that we're um, we're working on to try and because. I know you wanted to talk and perhaps talk a little bit about the sugar tax, the sugar levy mm. um, but that's um, one of the areas that are included in that um, and we've seen in some of our surveys that milkshakes and um, milk-based drinks are seen by some seen as being a slightly healthier alternative because yes. they contain milk. Yes. Um, but some our, um, in a survey we um, did last year, as part mm. of um, Sugar Awareness Week, I noticed some of them that had nearly, you know, 160 grams of sugar in one portion.
0: 160 so, um, grams of sugar in one milkshake.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: So that would be um, the, fr- the the freak shakes. Is that one of those yeah, ones? Exactly, the freak yeah. shake. Yeah. yeah. So this is like uh, often at dessert parlors and stuff. They have these um, milkshakes that have kind of you know additional kind of products on. Is that is that is that what we're referring to? Yeah.
1: So, milkshakes and ice cream and full hmm. cakes sometimes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Them. Yeah, and yeah.
1: And these often, often are sold in um, places where you go out to eat, which doesn't yeah. have clear labelling. You've mm. got no idea what's in it. And um, obviously, I think everyone can make the assumption themselves, so mm. there's quite a lot of sugar in those products. Um, but it's really important. Um, we feel that the, those places have in, um, ingredients lists and also nutrition information so you can see what you're buying, so you can mm. make an informed choice.
0: Absolutely. And because especially with, you know, summer's uh, not far away and, um, you know, we kind of, particularly in the town center, we've got so many different places that sell milkshakes and perhaps people don't necessarily realize because it's being consumed so quickly just how much sugar is in some of these products. And it's really interesting. 100 and, over 100 grams of sugar in some of these products is quite, um, quite a statistic yeah 156 was the highest deposit, 156 yeah that is yeah. that is quite something and um one of the things holly uh i just want to move on to is in relation to as i say um one of the reasons i was keen to do this show is just because i hear so much about people talking about sugar and you know i've cut out sugar and it's done this for me or um you know did you know xyz in relation to sugar one of the one of the kind of things a lot of people say is actually fruit has a lot of sugar in and so you shouldn't eat um certain fruits so like you shouldn't have bananas because it's got a lot of sugar in what what's your organization's kind of take on people saying that
1: i just feel sorry for bananas they <laughs> of, they
0: well let's go for dates <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: well dates are slightly different again yeah so that's a good point actually so sugar that's contained within fruit um is absolutely fine to eat i mean you know that you know fruit tastes taste and how it is sweet there's a lot of sugar in them as we talked about earlier, they're contained within the fruit, and they contain loads of other benefits. for us Fiber, fruit, and um, minerals. And nobody, in, nobody in the UK is eating enough fruit or vegetables, vegetables specifically as well. Mm. Um, so it, you know, as, although we wouldn't recommend eating 15, 20 bananas, you know, mm. eating eating fruit in that way is is good for us. And you, you know, it's you know something we should all be doing more of. When you're talking about things like dates or like sort of dried fruit. Those are the ones that can, they're very concentrated in sugar. So your portion size should be a lot smaller. And you should try and eat those as part, you know, as part of a meal um, because they do get stuck in your teeth Mm. um, and they have the kind of same effect on your dental health as perhaps eating sweets. So as much as they do have a lot of fibre, because Mm. the water's been removed from dried fruit, they're much more concentrated and the sugar's much more concentrated. So Mm. they're not good for your teeth. So that's something to watch with children because Mm. it's often seen as, you know, a healthy yeah. Snack, raisins dates that kind of
0: thing yeah raisins and, was the and, other one isn't it it's, it's often yeah. given to children mm-hmm. so just 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 to clarify that then so then dates raisins those kind of things it should be as part of a meal was that what you were saying
1: yeah so like either either end of a meal so you're not snacking in between meals oh, okay so, so it should be
0: as a snack right something. i'm with you now yeah yeah,
1: yeah so um so you need to leave a little bit of you know gap for your teeth because if you're having um sugar with drinks and eating between meals with um sweet things mm. um such as dried fruit and things like that you're coming kind of, your mouth is getting this constant wash of sugar over your teeth and that's the thing that's going to cause them um, tooth decay
0: sure and then in relation to uh, um staying on the topic of fruit the other thing that often comes up is about fruit juices and smoothies um so, what, 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 can you just clarify what the kind of recommendation is around fruit juices and/or smoothies?
1: So, um, fruit juice and smoothies—the recommended amount is to have no more than one hundred and fifty mils a day, which is quite a very, you know, a very small. Um,
0: I was going to say, I think very <laughs> that's like a baby. <laughs> pair. It's one of those little baby ones, isn't it? Even if, yeah. That,
1: yeah. It's very, it's very difficult because mm. but, um, guidelines say that. 150 mils count towards one of your five a day because it still contains a lot of the vitamins and minerals and benefits that you have but if we talk about orange juice specifically yeah. to get 150 mils of juice which is a, again a very small amount mm. you probably need to juice about three or four oranges oh really so if you think about comparing things drinking mm. you know you know you wouldn't probably eat four oranges in one go but mm. it's very easy Consume all the you know all the sugar that's contained in those by drinking juice, hmm. and often these juices are con- um, are sold in especially smoothies are sold in really large containers 500-600 hmm. mils yeah um and it's not clear and it's not very um, honest to even when when manufacturers put on pack a uh, one serving is one quarter of this bottle because Mm. in reality you you buy a drink in a you know grab a drink to go with your lunch deal. deal. Mm. you're not going to um you know drink a little bit of it and then put it away for the next day are you it's not quite that's something that needs to be worked on
0: sure but i guess part of the difficulty with that if i was playing devil's advocate is that often so take the orange as the example so often Mm -hmm. if you're on the go it's quite messy to kind of peel an orange (laughs) and all the rest of it and it you know ends up going on your shirt etc etc and so perhaps the logic some people make in their minds is well i'll grab a a bottle of orange juice or Mm -hmm. and then at least i'm getting my kind of vitamin c and and all the rest of it like that so so what would you say in relation to if it was about not having the juice or having the juice yeah quite a large amount
1: yeah. I think it's very dependent on what, like you say, what your personal situation is and what your overall diet is. I mean, mm-hmm. all food can be enjoyed as part of um, part of a balanced diet. And if you're not able, if you're not having any fruit, you don't particularly like it, and you never eat any fruit, or you say it's it's a, a straight choice between a small portion of juice or a fizzy drink or no food at all, then yeah, it's the better. You know, it's the better choice overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to look at think about what you're having over the entire day and not just in not just in isolation mm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with having juice um but there's the things you can do where you can dilute it with water um to get you know, to reduce some of that sugar um, and also just think about what you're having over the entire day with regards to your sugar content sure. um, but no i mean there's nothing wrong with having juice occasionally definitely. Not.
0: and just in relation to um i mean there's a growing increase in kind of sugar-free products so you kind of see it everywhere or well, you see it in lots of places now you know sugar-free this, sugar-free that but often what they're, they're replacing the sugar with is sweeteners and so I've heard again this is another one of those is it a myth or is it a fact in relation to people often say well actually sweeteners are worse for you for your health than sugar is and so What's your organisation's kind of position on that?
1: I think, it, again, it's another complicated area. <laughs> um, and there are, lots, there are lots of sweeteners.
2: There mm, are okay.
1: hundreds of them. Some of them have been around for a really long time and have really strong evidence to say that they're safe to use. Some of them are a bit newer, and perhaps in the future there'll be evidence to say that perhaps some of them aren't as good for us. We just don't know that yet. Right. But for a point of view from reducing sugar, especially when we're formulating products, they are a better choice. Um, for certain people in certain circumstances. So if you're drinking an, a lot of sugary drinks, fizzy drinks, um, having something with a sweetener that has less, much less sugar in it, or no sugar at all, is a better choice. Um, and with regards, that, they are a really useful tool to reformulating products for manufacturers to take some of that sugar out. Ultimately, we think that the sweetness of food should be reduced because everything's just overly sweet. You mm. need to start getting used to having flavours that are a little bit less sweet. And obviously if you put sweetener in it, it can sometimes be more sweet, um, which isn't kind of weaning you off that really sweet taste. Mm. Um, but in some circumstances they're a really useful tool. And ultimately it, it is down again to your kind of personal personal view of your own, your own diet, and your, like, your diet as a whole, and what, what it is you're trying to achieve. If you're drinking litres and litres of um, full sugar soft drinks every day, having one that's sweetened with a
0: sweetener is a much better option for you mm, absolutely because that's another point that's often made is around the um the fact that it kind of keeps you and as we said at the outset this com this concept of sugar addiction it kind of um having products with sweeteners in kind of keeps you hooked to the sweetness of food and drinks rather than reducing that desire to have everything that's as sweet as some people like it to be. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think if we're still continuing to eat um, and eat and drink foods that are really, really sweet, then we're not kind of really getting to the... Yeah. (laughs) Not sort of challenging the idea that we're just eating too much sugar and too much sweet things. So we need to try and kind of limit that, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And particularly, like you say, if people's um, plan is to try and reduce the amount of sugar that they want to have in their diet in the longer term... Then, uh, sweeteners is something that, as you say, you kind of you need to just kind of understand a little bit around um, the, how that kind of um, plays with your psyche, I guess. Mm. Uh, how much sh- sugar can a person have a day?
1: So we're talking about the types of sugar that we need to um, consider—the added sugars. Mm. Um, so if you're over eleven years, eleven years old, um, and anything, anything up to an adult, it's a, a Recommended that you have a maximum of up to 30 grams a day, which is about seven teaspoons or seven cubes for a seven to ten-year-old and um, it's 24 grams or six cubes or six teaspoons and for four to six-year-olds it's um, About five cubes or 19 grams, but it, you can see how that's quite challenging mm. Especially talking about sugary drinks a can of cola is 35 grams of sugar so regardless of anything else you drunk that day you're still way over you mm. know what the recommendation is so you can see that's how we feel there's a massive imbalance here about what we think is is healthy and what the food and drink industry are giving us yeah absolutely. <laughs> doesn't quite um,
0: doesn't quite matter no and and it kind of relates to the point there's lots of foods out there that people don't necessarily realize there's sugar in because you said earlier didn't you that there's sugar in everything is that right
1: well, um, there's certainly an a lot of things, um, from you know, from from bread to mm. yoghurt, to savoury mm. foods. Um, it's you know a challenge to actually you know calculate how much you're having on a day-to-day basis, and mm. um, labelling isn't as clear as it should be with regards to sugar content, mm. um, and that that needs to be improved to help us make better choices.
0: Mm. I guess it's from a listener's perspective, it's understanding around. Um, that that seven teaspoons is that right for adults? Seven teaspoons. Yeah. Yeah. So that's seven teaspoons. We're probably having a lot of that without having any additional, um, what we would maybe think of as sugary products. Yeah. Um. So, is there any statistics on like how much people are actually having on average?
1: Well, in, in national diet surveys, show that we're um, eating about double what we should be. So looking at that over double, it's probably you know around the 60 gram mark. But there's probably a lot of us are drinking, eating much more than that. And also these surveys are um, self-reported, so we do know as well that mm. um, they're often not quite as accurate as they should be. Because if you're trying to report on what your own behaviour is, and you know it's something that perhaps you, uh, you know, something you shouldn't be eating so much of, then you're likely to say that you have a little bit less of it. Mm. And if you look at some of the it you know, would go back going back to the, <laughs> the horrible milkshake um but the amount of people that are eating those products you know once or twice a week or mm. even more than that and then you know that's that's obviously they're going to be consuming in far more double the recommendation of you know, 60
0: months, 60 mm. absolutely and it, you know, a lot of these like products are kind of targeted at children which is something that we're going to come on to later because it's a real concern for us here in luton Around the number of children who are suffering from tooth decay, and um, you know, way above the national average, and um, the number of people, number of children who are having uh, teeth removed under general anaesthetic as well, uh, mm-hmm. is quite scary. So we are going to come on to talk more about um, that shortly. Um, often, when we talk about subjects like this, um, people will feedback saying, you know. This is all well and good, but it kind of feels as though there's nothing left to eat. Um, so in, in a kind of practical way, you know, how, how can we reduce sugar? How can we eat less sugar?
1: I think um, it, it's about being a little bit savvy with labels and having a little bit of a shop around with regards to products, because our surveys show a huge variation in the sugar content in very similar products. Right. And that's something that we want to try and get in line. So, you know, you can walk into one shop and buy an apple pie and it have X amount of sugar in and you go into another shop a supermarket and buy a pretty much similar product and can have twice as much in it. Mm. And you just make, you make an assumption as a consumer that a similar product will have a similar amount. So things like that were brought into line. So it's about kind of having a look at those um, labels and looking at the sugar content, looking at the traffic light label, seeing um, what the sugar content is, and also, again, looking at what you're having in your your diet and where your sugar is coming from. So, if you're a fan of sugar drinks, or you're a sugary cereal fan, or whether you like a sweetened yogurt, it's all about thinking of what area can you make the the, the most benefit and most reduction from, and taking that sugar out gradually. So <laughs> you're not too mm-hmm. much a to shock the system. So just cutting down gradually by the changing the product or um, switching up, cutting it down. Um, if you have sugar in your tea that's a really
2: easy one to just cut down slowly
0: mm. um, a lot of and people talk about that one don't they yeah, yeah a lot of people say oh you know I've cut down the sugar in my tea but often it's, it's you know just, yeah. people will have then like an extra biscuit <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. a, you know I'm doing a great <laughs> <don't> job <laughs> yeah absolutely not necessarily realising like in some of the savoury things that people have with tea that there's quite a lot of sugar in some of these products as well um, cause it's less obvious, I guess. Um, and then just in relation to, um, you mentioned kind of table sugars, is that something that will people are kind of using less of in, in your experience, or is that something that's still quite prominent in relation to the amount of sugar that people are eating in the surveys and stuff?
1: I think it would be it would be very interesting to do some research around mm. that because it's certainly a, I think there's definitely been a shift in behavior over the past sort of five ten years in regards to sugar content because you don't I mean I, this isn't based on actual evidence this yeah, is yeah. my side of thoughts about things but you don't necessarily see so much people you know adding mm. a lot of sugar to tea and on cereal and things
2: like mm. that and mm.
1: I mean I, I don't know maybe people are um, but there's certainly been a bit of a, a shift in that respect. And maybe that's because products are really yeah. sweet anyway. People yeah. aren't
0: doing it anymore. Um, but I remember when I was younger, we used to, like, I probably shouldn't say this, but we probably, you know, we used to put sugar on our cereal. And now, like, yeah. say, you just, yeah. I don't know what's necessarily caused that change. Perhaps it's some of the work that's going on in schools, um, for example. Um, you know, as you say, it'd be interesting to do more research around what's... Yeah. um
1: and, and I think that's... That's a really simple message, isn't it? So you Mm. have got white, like, sugar sugar in a bowl, in teaspoons, putting that, actively putting that on your food. And it's very easy to go, oh, that's not so good. I won't do that. But when you're eating, you know, uh, blind processed foods that have sugar in them, Mm. you're going in blind a little bit. So if you have to literally pile up teaspoons of sugar
2: Mm.
1: into each, everything you ate, you know, in that way, then it would probably have an impact, which is why, you know, like you say, work in schools is done where you know you show children you know how much sugar is in that biscuit by showing them sugar cubes and things like that because it brings it to life a little bit and perhaps Mm -hmm. perhaps that's the reason not really knowing what's in food
0: yeah absolutely and one of the other things often is is this kind of you get certain products that will say like you know um natural or zero percent like marshmallow zero percent fat on you know etc and then you you presume there's like less sugar in there or they're healthier somehow and actually a lot of those products that are that have the highest sugar content a lot of products that are are identified as being like high in protein etc etc kind of um mask that by adding a lot of additional sugars Mm, that's
1: definitely another area that needs to be looked at because um, health claims and sort of claims on mm,
2: food. Health claims, it, although yep. they
1: are although they are regulated, you can't just put any old claim on any old mm. food. But there you know, there are kind of loopholes in that sense. Mm. You can put, you know, fat free on them, yeah. you know, like you say, that kind of sweet confectionery that obviously doesn't you know doesn't have any fat in it. It's yes. like that but it's that trigger, it's that nudge to be like, oh, that's mm. a healthy product. Absolutely. Um, that's and fantastic. that is it is challenging yeah. for people trying
0: to make
2: healthier choices.
0: Holly, thank you so much for, for, um, for, all your, for all your kind of insights so far. We're just going to be heading to a commercial break. So listeners, please do stay with us. Uh, after the break, we'll be talking more about um, honey, sweet tooth. Is that a genuine thing? And everything to do uh, with sugar. So please do stay with us. And we'll be right back after these short commercial breaks. Salaam alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast. Making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical, or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the latest edition of the Health and Fitness Show. Uh, I'm your host, Suleiman Rafi- Rafiq, I nearly forgot my name there, Suleiman Rafiq, and today's show is all about sugar and sugar addiction. This show has been pre-recorded so you can sit back, relax and enjoy the latest educating edition of the Health and Fitness Show. As we've been discussing in the first half of today's show, Uh, Recent research has shown that on average we are having double the recommended levels of sugar and record numbers of children are having teeth removed due to tooth decay and we know that this is a particular issue in Luton. Some say sugar is evil, some say it's necessary for energy and so what today's show is all around is separating facts from fiction and I'm delighted to say that Holly from Action on Sugar is still with us. Holly, thank you for staying with us. I just want to take it forward now. Now, I know something that we have a lot of, uh, particularly in the South Asian community, is honey and um so are you going to be the bearer of bad news (laughs) or um i mean jokes aside uh honey is 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 something that i mean lots of people have honey particularly for hay fever and this kind of stuff etc etc can you just break down um the, the, the truth and the myths around honey
1: um yeah so as you say there is a little bit of a health halo around Honey, um, it's been used in kind of medicinal sort of purposes for for many many years. Ultimately from a from a dietary point of view, it's sugar. Um, it's the same, you know, the same kind of uh, effects on the body as other sugars and syrups, and it does count as a, as a free sugar, those ones that we need to to limit. Um, so yeah, maybe is bad bad news, but there, I mean there is evidence around things like. Um, yeah, there was a lot being covered about this hay fever thing recently, which I've seen, which is quite interesting. Mm. You have honey from local bees or things like that. And then um, there is some evidence to say that honey, you know, have, to have honey and lemon when you have a cold and it soothes the throat. And those kind of things, there are some evidence around. With regards to um, eating it as a food and as a sweetener, um, it has no other benefits other than, than sweetener. I mean, it does have a different taste mm. and, like, you know, more so than the normal sugar. So that means that maybe you're consuming a little bit less of it because it's got a nice taste to it, then perhaps that can be a, a benefit in, in regards to having a bit less.
2: Mm. I
0: find the opposite.
2: <laughs>
1: so, oh, really? Taste,
0: <laughs> so this tastes nice. More. I'll have more. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, I mean, just in relation to honey, because um, the other thing is often you get, like, so in the kind of spread section where you've got your jams and, your, and all the rest of it, you, you get products that are labelled as honey but aren't actually predominantly natural honey. Can you just talk us through that a little bit in relation to spreads as well, like chocolate spreads and stuff like that? They all come under free yes. sugars.
1: Yes. Um, there are lots of different sort of spreads and variations. Um, as far as I understand, honey, if it's, caught, if it's a jar of honey, it's got honey written on it it's got to be honey Mm. Uh, but there are other products that when honey is added to something as an ingredient like you say in other spreads and things like that Mm. it can really shout about this the fact that it's got you know honey honey spread or honey Mm. ingredient something which makes people perhaps think that because of the health halo around honey yes but it can have like half a percent of honey or one Mm. percent of honey in it and still you know that's another thing we go back about talking about um health claims and things comments on pack that can mislead us a little bit yeah um so yeah it's often used as an ingredient in that way to kind mm. of make it sound like it's a, a healthier product
0: yeah absolutely and you know because it just it just, the way the way it is with all the bees and everything like that you just think, oh you know that's that's quite natural <laughs> <laughs> you kind of uh think of it as kind of like a sugar cane or something like that um but it's it's it's, it's kind of under free sugars it's very much under that ban. Yeah, but
1: um, sugar sugar from sugarcane is mm. still free sugars as well. I mean, so it's all... I say all, that again? All sugar, sugar from sugarcane is, is free, sugar, that's free like sugars. Free sugars, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how you make, um, you know, table sugar. All sugar comes from natural sources of some, you know, whether it be coconut sugar, honey from, you know, from bees, table sugar made from sugarcane, sugar beet, um, molasses, maple syrup from trees, you know, mm. it's all it's all natural um it's just because it's sort of been extracted from those things it means that it has a a particular effect on the body and especially around your teeth
0: Mm, absolutely and because i think you know another another concern we have locally is around the levels of diabetes as well and obviously Mm -hmm. there's a strong correlation there um before kind of moving on i just want to tackle the concept of sugar addiction head on um so you know is is uh is sugar addiction a genuine addiction is it uh, you know a lot of people say have a sweet tooth mm.
1: i don't, i mean i don't think the evidence is quite there to say that it's addictive as other you know things that we see as being addictive because
0: mm. it was like a rumor like it's addictive as cocaine and stuff like this yeah uh, that's it i I'm,
1: yeah, the, I don't think the evidence is quite there with that one. I mean, but that being said, it is difficult for people to cut down. Like so people will have this sweet tooth that, uh, but if you eat a lot of sugar, and you're used to that sweet taste, it can be a little bit challenging to reduce it, but you will adapt um, quite, you know, quite quickly to that if you start to reduce it down. So uh, addiction, perhaps a strong word, mm. but you can certainly, um, the, the more you eat, you know, the more likely you are to consume more. So mm. cutting down can really benefit um benefit you in the long term
0: sure and then just kind of you know because I'm, I'm convinced I've got a sweet tooth I'm convinced of it and that's what <laughs> I'm always going to blame for for that but <laughs> there was uh, research um, that I saw that suggested that um, babies are more predisposed to sugar if their mums had sugar like during pregnancy and is that is that something you're aware of
1: I mean, I've seen similar things to, to that you've seen. Perhaps that you know there are there is evidence to say that how you how the mother um, eats and you know in that sense during pregnancy can mm. have an effect on um, the baby. And um, but you know that's that's not to say that it you know can have a huge effect in, in how likely they are to have a sweet tooth. But there mm. is you know there is some evidence there. But that's why it's important to always eat a healthy, balanced diet, mm. especially when you're pregnant. Mm. Um, but I think during the early years as well, it's, that's why it's important, children of being weaned, to have really variety of foods, um, and not just the, you know not just the you new know, sweeter things that perhaps they'll go to. Because obviously you know when they're um, breastfeeding or having formula milk, that's quite sweet, mm. so it's probably um, you know quite easy for babies when they're being weaned to be moving on to sort of sweet yogurts and bananas and things like that. Yeah. A lot sweeter, but it's important to go for like a wide variety. Um, and it's important with if you're having any problems with weaning or any concerns around pregnancy or anything like that, because it's, you know, it's a really challenging time. Just make sure that you communicate with your midwife and your GP mm. and get, the you know, get the right advice. Yeah. Um, because you say there's a lot of these types of stories in the press and it can be mm. really quite challenging, for, you know, if you're, you know, if you're pregnant, you don't want to be mm. being told that you're, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you're, you know, going to your child a sugar addiction that's kind mm. of that, that when it's sometimes in order to report these kind of evidence uh, researches um, in the press it can sometimes be a little bit misleading and can worry mm. people so I just would encourage people just to speak to the right people don't yeah. ask Dr. Google anything
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, go to your GP and speak to your um, if you're worried about anything like that
0: yeah and i think similarly there's you know good advice on the um nhs website in relation to um particularly around types like practical examples of types of foods that you can give to babies um Mm -hmm. particularly like you say um you know um breast milk is naturally very sweet and so actually trying to create a broader range of foods that um even at a very very young age children are having can have such a beneficial effect for them in the long run Um, Mm -hmm. particularly as i say keep coming back to the um the 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 concerns and issues that we have with tooth decay locally and that actually in some examples starting uh you know extremely young and so just encourage everyone to just check out um nhs choices in relation to some of the information that's available on there um, okay, Let's. I know there's been a lot of uh, press about this one lately and that is the sugar tax and uh, mm-hmm. quite a famous politician has come out and said <laughs> um, that there's possibly a review of the sugar tax uh, and suggested people just need to do a little bit more physical activity uh, and that would, that would be all good. So why, why do we need a sugar tax?
1: Um, there was a couple of interesting things that came out of um, that news story. Um, well, the sugar tax is, a, is actually a levy and it was bought in last year. And basically what it means is that if um, for sugary drinks, or just sort of fizzy drinks and things like that, doesn't include juices or milkshakes as we were talking about earlier. If the product contains more than 8 grams of sugar for 100 mils, then ultimately a levy will be applied on it for 24 pence per litre, um, which would need to be paid by the manufacturer. Um, or passed on to consumer. If it's a little bit less, 5 to 8 grams per 100 mils, it's 18p per litre. And if it was less than 5 grams, then there's no levy to be paid on it. So when this came into force, or before it came into force, it actually encouraged manufacturers to reformulate their products. So 50% of manufacturers have just reformulated all of their products to contain less than 5 grams, to so avoided paying um, any levy on that, which mm. has meant a massive drop in consumption. Of sugar, If you think about how much is being drunk and those manufacturers that chose not to reformulate and kept the sugar levels the same Have chosen to pass that cost on to the consumer Which is why the sugary uh, more sugary drinks are slightly more expensive um, and this is a choice made by them and this money is um, supposed to be being used to help uh, schools with physical activity and things like that and um, so it's really important really effective it's made a huge difference and we actually want to see it extended into these milk-based drinks which is what we were talking about before that have kind of slight because of a slight loophole they've kind of got away with it a little bit but it's made huge reductions it's had huge um reductions in other countries as well and so it's really something that needs to be uh, maintained and extended to other other food groups
0: okay so yeah Yeah, so contrary to reducing it you're you're advocating that it's extended to other drinks as well
1: yeah 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 so definitely with milk based drinks mm. and there's of there's definitely potential to um think about using this type of system with other products such as chocolate confectionery um where it's a kind of a nudge um to reduce product to reduce the sugar or fat um in their in the foods and it it's a lot more straightforward than some of the other voluntary measures which aren't quite as effective.
0: Mm. Because it was lots about, you know, my Mars bars are getting smaller and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But it (laughs) seems to be that people are just getting used to that now and it's just something
2: that... Yeah.
1: Um, I think the the Mars bar getting smaller thing is, uh, so we have a sugar reduction program in the UK. Right. Which is a voluntary program and government challenged industry to reduce Hmm. sugar in products that provide the um, contribute the most sugar to children's diet by 20% by 2020 um, and um, this is all this is foods that are typically to um, sugar so it's chocolate sweet
0: mm. cake so this is a voluntary uh, agreement the voluntary scheme yeah.
1: yes Um so um, in the first year they were supposed to have reduced by 5% which very Which is an example of why some of these um, mandatory measures, such as the sugar levy, make huge differences in the nutritional makeup of the sugary drinks. Whereas the voluntary ones, it's a little bit slow; it's Mm. not quite as effective. Um, So we can see that some of these things. But the the portion size getting smaller was another lever for them to um, to increase the sugar content. So it's decreasing the portion size. changing the product so it has less sugar in it or shifting the sales to healthier products. Mm. So actively encouraging consumers to um, to have the kind of lower sugar version.
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, Just coming back to kind of practical um, for our listeners in relation to uh, another, I don't know if it's a myth or a fact, is this uh, concept of having sugar highs and sugar lows. Can you just explain a little bit about that?
1: Um, If you eat a lot of sugar or you have something that's really, really sweet, like a sugary drink or, um, you know, a really sugary milkshake or cake or whatever, then you're likely to have a, you know, quite spike in in blood sugar, which is going to give you lots of energy. You're likely to go, you know, have a lot of energy for a little while, but this energy is not sustained, so it tends to dip shortly after, which make, can make you feel quite low in energy, can make you want to reach for another sugary drink <laughs> or energy drink, which is why it's not consistent. We talked earlier about these kind of consistent energy levels being really important. So in that respect, are you more likely to get less highs and lows if you're eating more fresh fruit and vegetables, whole grains, fiber, things that keep you fuller for longer without these kind of spikes. Um, in blood sugar throughout the day um, and that's generally what we mean by saying highs and lows of eating
0: sugar. Sure and just um, in relation to sugar and its impact on um, diabetes how, how can you just explain a little bit about how that works how having too much sugar might then reduce it uh, might then result in diabetes for example? And
1: um, It's it's quite complicated so i'm not i'm not i'm certainly not a diabetes expert so i'm not going to go into it too much because i think yep. it can be a little bit unhelpful um, but um there's no amount of sugar that's going to give you diabetes okay. specifically um type 1 diabetes which is you know nothing to do with that if if you're eating too much sugar and you become um Uh, overweight because of eating too much sugar and eating lots of other things as well Mm. then that can cause you to develop type 2 diabetes and also there's a link between drinking too many sugary drinks and and developing type 2 diabetes but when you have it it, it's about uh, eating a healthy balanced diet and being managed by your, your GP and making sure you're taking the right advice but there's no it's not so much that eating too much sugar you'll get diabetes or if you have diabetes you can't have any sugar mm. it's, it's a little bit more, more complicated than that and I think it can um, be quite confusing but it's generally the be you know the being overweight can cause you know is more likely to cause you to develop diabetes.
0: Sure and then just um, in relation to I've heard a lot of people over like the last year or so saying I've you know I've cut out sugar completely I'm sugar free and um, is that something that you would kind of advocate for people just to try and completely cut out sugar if they can
1: I think it would be very challenging <laughs> to cut it out completely um, it would be very difficult there's no there's no need to do that we all like a little bit of sugar in our diet we it would mean you know never having chocolate never having a piece of birthday cake mm. um, and there's no need there's no need to do that from a health point of view it's just something we need to be mindful of um and it's something that we think that the food industry and the advertising industry should be a little bit more um held accountable to some of the sugar that's in things. But it's not something that we need to think about cutting out completely. Mm. Although it's so difficult that if you probably cut try to cut it out completely you probably just about managed to, you know, meet the <laughs> requirements, which is just by accident with the thing.
2: Yeah,
0: absolutely. And just um you know, we've spoken a bit about reformulation, which is where, um, you know, the, the way the product is formulated has ch- changed. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people commenting on the fact that chocolate bars, et cetera, are getting smaller. You mentioned earlier that the, the voluntary kind of agreement with industry um, wasn't as successful as um, perhaps I hoped. Um, what, what, what are you kind of advocating as the next kind of steps then for that?
1: I think um as you have spoken about there's sort of other other ways to kind of encourage um more reformulation in that in that area. So a little bit more accountability, just the mandatory measures in place. So with regards to reformulating a product, if we use salt as an example, mm. um the salt reduction programme, which is a mandatory programme, brought around huge reductions um across the board and incre- uh, you know, improved people's health across the UK because of that and it's and it's a lot easier for industry if everyone's on a completely level playing field. So there's no, because if you're um, a manufacturer that's trying really hard to be um, conscientious and reduce the sugar in your product, but there's other businesses, because it's not mandatory, the other, biz- other businesses aren't doing it, then it's not really fair. So we just want to see it be just much simpler for everybody involved, including the manufacturers, mm-hmm. to have more mandatory measures. So it's, you know, either by the use of levies or, um, you know, other other levers to kind of, to kind of enforce it a little bit more so it's a little bit um yeah it's a little
0: bit easier for them to get to get it done sure now lots of our uh, lots of our listeners maybe parents and i know that it's often um difficult because you see a lot of these kind of products that are being it feels as though they're being targeted at children and um like cereals for example have you know various different kind of cartoon characters uh on them etc um are you, are you as an organisation trying to do any work around that?
1: So we had some research that was recently um, released. We did some work with the Children's Food Campaign. And we looked at all products um, that are available to buy that have um, food and drink products that have um, cutting characters um, and you know things that could appeal to children on the pack. Mm-hmm. And we found that we surveyed over about 500 products and over half of them were products that were high in fat, salt, or sugar and um, this is something that we just think is just completely unacceptable and um, that you can you know have you know ch- children wandering around the supermarket and seeing products with their favorite cartoon characters on that are um you know high sugar high fat foods aren't good for them and put a massive amount of pressure on parents um to try and you know to give their children a healthy diet when they're constantly being bombarded with this messaging um, and as we spoke about earlier a lot of these products will sometimes have High in fiber, put on the front. Of, yeah, um, yeah, That you know, a parent might glance at Brooklyn and think Okay, fine, it's got your favorite cartoon on it, and it says it's high in fiber, so I'm sure it's fine. Throw mm. it in the basket. But it can be really, really high in sugar, and it's not. They're not, you know, advertising that fact on the front, on you know, on, in a big, in a big banner on the front of the packet. So um, it's 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 very misleading. We just think that the, those kind of characters shouldn't be used to um, on food.
0: Absolutely. No, I mean it is it's it's challenging and often, you know, you see a lot of these unhealthy products when you're in supermarkets, they're often on special offers and you know, um it feels as though they're they're kind of being you know, you're kind of being constantly bombarded with buy one get one free offers on the unhealthy products, but you don't see so much of that in the uh fruit and vegetable section when you when you kind of go around there. Um yeah, so definitely. it feels as though there is a lot more that these companies could do to you know help um, help us all really in relation to the kind of foods that we're having Um, but equally you know it's not all kind of despair I think a lot of good work is happening within schools and you know public health England campaigns um, change for life as you mentioned earlier is a campaign um, that you know I know with summer holidays fast approaching is something that a lot of parents can kind of get on board with um and they've 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 teamed up with um you know disney and some other organizations to provide some good kind of fun uh healthy recipes and physical activity opportunities etc as well so listeners please do kind of check that out as well uh in relation to the resources that are available from public health england if you just search for them you'll be able to to find those um and equally, schools. There's a lot that Public Health England can provide in relation to resources for schools. Um, so you know, if some some of the information you've heard today has uh, has kind of given you food for thought, um, then you know, why not support your school in relation to lots of the resources that are available for children um, through through Public Health England? Holly, just finally, I just want to come on to um, you know, as I say. It, today's been extremely informative but at the same time it just feels a little bit like a it's, it's a tough uh, a tough kind of concept and and it's a, it's a tough battle to kind of keep your sugar within the levels that have been recommended um just so we don't leave our listeners feeling as though there is nothing that can be done can you just suggest some practical swaps that people might want to do
1: yeah definitely i think it's um it's important to have a look where you think your sugar is coming from and make some easy swaps. So, for instance, if you have um, sweetened yoghurt, you can go for a natural yoghurt and add um, add fruit to it or mix um, mix half and half so you're kind of diluting a little bit, um, diluting juices with water. Um, if you're having a cereal, kind of have a look for a lower sugar version and try and cut down that way or kind of if you're a bit scared about changing completely, then maybe mix it up, you know, half and half at first Um, and just making little changes, um, little changes over time will make a big difference.
0: Fantastic, that's great. Ollie, I'd just like to say on behalf of uh, Inspire FM, really appreciate you giving us so much of your time today. It's been really insightful. It's great to have an expert that's been able to uh, separate fact from fiction in relation to sugar. And um, just thank you and your colleagues for all the work that you're doing on this topic nationally as well. Just finally, for listeners, um, just a, a, a suggestion is another great thing that is available um, is a uh, another tool from Public Health England and that's a food scanner. So anyone with a smartphone um, can download the food scanner app. I know it was recommended to me and I found it extremely useful. And um, it's just when you're not sure necessarily, you know, how much sugar or how much fat is in, in a product that you might be looking to buy, um, then that is something that can, you know, you literally scan the barcode uh, and it will give you, um, the facts around what is actually within that product. So again, you know, uh, we're fortunate these days to have a lot of technology and um, some some of these apps can be can be used to help us improve our health and fitness so I'd just like to thank listeners apologies uh, today was pre-recorded so there' was no opportunities for text or whatsapp messages but you can always if you do have any questions you can always contact us on o triple seven nine four eight one eight two two and we can get those questions answered for you um, and until the next time I'd just like to thank um, you all for staying with us and inshallah uh, we will have a number of upcoming shows uh, dealing with various different health and fitness related topics if you do have any suggestions on topics that you would like us to cover then again please do whatsapp the studio on 777 until next time i'd just like to say assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at
2: inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at Inspirefm Luton.